galactic regulations require that all carry-on items be safely stowed beneath your seat. I can't do this show alone. I, I know. The gang can't be far. I'll call them. A gracious hello. This is your Walt Disney World picture phone operator. How may I be of assistance? Uh, uh, well, you see... Maybe you'd like a reservation at the Chefs de France restaurant. They have a special on frog's legs. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here. But there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? We hope that this voyage you're about to take, 20,000 leagues under the sea, will stimulate your interest in the phenomenon of life in the ocean depths. All right, recruits. Proceed to our prisoner teleportation chamber for further briefing. Clickly. At your service, Captain. W. Welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 131 for the week of August 9th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. While the introduction of new attractions, shows, or promotions gets many people excited about Walt Disney World, hearing about a new dining experience for many is equally as thrilling. And when a new restaurant is being introduced that comes from the first and only female Iron Chef, that excitement grows into anticipation. This week, I am pleased to be joined by Chef Kat Cora, whose Cuisina restaurant is set to open soon on Disney's Boardwalk. We'll talk about her background and career, as well as what this new dining experience will bring to Walt Disney World guests. With the recent introduction of new Disney Vacation Club properties at Kidani Village, the tree houses at Saratoga Springs, and the spectacular new Bay Lake Towers, I wanted to talk not just about the DVC in general, but about each of these new resorts. With three new, very unique experiences to offer guests and DVC members, I also wanted to look at some frequently asked questions about the DVC and how these new properties may or may not affect buying and selling DVC points. Chantel Crawford from DVCbyresale.com joins me to discuss these topics and more. I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When people think about Walt Disney World, quite often their first thoughts go to children riding classic attractions in Fantasyland, an image of Cinderella Castle, memories of their first trip as a child, or even their favorite resort. And while each of these is an important part of any Walt Disney World vacation, one thing that's often missing from that list is the food. 
because as I've said for years, Walt Disney World is not just about burgers and fries, but actually offers some of the most incredible, unique dining experiences anywhere in the world. And whether you're visiting Walt Disney World with your family, as a couple, or even solo, there are a wide variety of wonderful restaurants to choose from. And if you think that you've been there, done that, there may be a couple of locations that might just surprise and delight you. And coming this fall is a new dining experience to add to the list as one of the world's most renowned celebrity chefs, Kat Cora, is bringing her new restaurant, Cuisina, to Disney's Boardwalk. And today, I am pleased to be joined by none other than the Iron Chef herself, Kat Cora. Chef, uh, welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Thank you, Lou. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it, it's uh, it's really a big thrill for me. I am very much a, a food person. Um, I love it. But before we talk about the restaurant and the food, which, believe me, I, I'm so excited to start talking about the food, let's talk a little bit about your background and tell us, okay. you know, how do you go from Cat Cora, the little girl in Mississippi, watching her family with their Greek restaurants, to Cat Cora, Iron Chef, and let me be clear, Cat Cora, the first and only female Iron Chef. Well, it's, you know, it's a long, uh, tough road, but, um, you know, it's it's really, um, it's, you know, 15 years in the making. I mean, I, I feel like that, you know, I really started my, you know, my training at home. I mean, I had so many great cooks around me, and, um, you know, with, with my family um, having restaurants, and, um, you know, it was something that was just, I think, always in my blood. It was something that I really loved. I remember going to my godfather's restaurant, and it was just kind of the old continental you know, restaurants um, with lots of wood and the continental menu and the big red booths and, you know, that thing. And it just kind of always stuck with me. And, um, you know, I just loved the vibe of, of being around lots of people and being social and being in the in the restaurant uh, industry and around the in- restaurant industry. And, you know, I just, uh, it, it just kind of came full circle um, and for me. And, uh, like I said, it's been, it's been a tough road, um, but it's been so well worth it. I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I feel like I have the best career. Yeah, and, and it always starts sort of at home and with the family. And I think, I think Greeks, much like Italians, I come from a, a very mm-hmm. traditional, you know, we almost have this borderline obsession with food <laughs> that starts very, very early on. Um, <laughs> but you, it's so true. I mean, we did the same thing. I mean, we really, every single thing we did that had to do with gathering and getting together um, was, you know, really around food and, and parties and, and just having a great time and enjoying life. And, you know, I think it's really universal for so many people and so many uh, different, um, you know, heritages and cultures is, uh, you know, gathering around food and really, you know, kind of breaking bread together and enjoying each other and and, uh, enjoying great food and great wines and and just having a lot of fun. And really it's just about loving life. Absolutely. But you sort of knew – Kind of early on, you had the Easy Bake Oven. Uh, not that I did, of but, but you, know, you had the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> but tell us, you know, at 15, you come up with this business plan. You know, a teenager, you come up with a business plan for your own restaurant that you bring to the family. Tell us about that and what and what your family's reaction to that was. Well, I think they were, you know, I definitely think, you know, my godfather, who I gave it to, who was the restaurateur in the family, was very surprised and, and really, you know, kind of you know, just, you know, thrilled too i think in a lot of ways i think he just you know he really was amused by it and um but you know that 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 same passion and the same idea is what i'm putting into cuisine i mean at, at disney world i mean that's really um you know my family's soul food it's really uh what i grew up around 
Um, it's it's exactly um, you know what my values around food are and philosophies, and I'm bringing all of that. Um, you know, I think you know Disney and I together are bringing all that in such a beautiful way to to Cuisina um, there at the resort and um, in the boardwalk. So I'm I'm just really proud to be able to share that after all these years. Um, but you know, the the definitely the idea, the concept behind you know the restaurant when I was 15 is no different than the restaurant I'm opening in September. I mean, it's really the same. It's really stayed, I've stayed true to that, to that concept and idea. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, very similar. Right. So as you, as you're going through on your career, obviously you're, you're probably most well known, not just for your books and your TV appearances, but for being on Iron Chef America, but you've also done some other things with Disney as well, including the uh, video on demand series and the What's Cooking with Cat Cora. How did that relationship start with the Disney company? Well, and that that really, you know, uh, What's Cooking with Cat Cora kind of kicked it off in a lot of ways. Um, you know, really kicked off the relationship. We've been talking for, you know, a long time. I mean, you know, it's, we're going on, you know, two three years now, um, and uh, really about partnering together um, on many several levels. I mean, not just restaurants, but also media. Um, like we did with What's Cooking with Cat Cora, um, you know, maybe doing another show together, doing some merchandise together. So this is a, a very uh, expansive partnership. Um, it's not just one restaurant, and we really want to kind of grow together, um, which is fantastic because uh, this is a really a first uh, in many ways for Disney, and it's a bit, definitely a first for me um, to be able to partner with such an amazing uh, company and brand that's worldwide, um, and we just really started. Uh, that's how it started. Really doing uh, this show together, what's cooking with Cat Core, these this this web show, and uh, growing from there. And we know knowing that we really wanted to, to work together, and we really appreciated each other's brand and our value systems, and and uh, really our philosophies um we're we're very very similar and um and i've you know i my first i was like like you were saying in the opening of our first family big family vacation was to disney world so i mean we've we love disney my brother my younger brother worked at disney at, for, at one point so our life has kind of always been around disney so um it's just a really great uh a great and exciting journey we're on Absolutely. And it just makes, like you said, perfect sense, um, you know, having you come in and have a restaurant there um, because of your relationship with Disney, because of mm-hmm. you've always tried to help showcase ways to help families develop healthy eating habits and, and dine together and, and be sort of simple yet delicious. Uh, and I sort of I have to believe that that's going to carry over into Cuisina. Uh, tell us a little bit about the atmosphere and, and more importantly, Chef, please tell us about the cuisine <laughs> in Cuisina. Well, it's really, uh, Cuisina is Greek for kitchen, and, um, you know, it's going to be Cuisina by Cat Cora. It's going to be in the middle of the boardwalk, right front and center, um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be very Greek-influenced with um, some, obviously, some, some Mediterranean thrown in there as well from, uh, you know, countries around the Mediterranean, but mostly Greek-influenced. A lot of my, like I said, a lot of my soul food, a lot of the, the the foods that I grew up with that I've cooked all my life um, that I love and that I'm passionate about. And we're just bringing all of that to all of these ideas that I've built up for so long. We're bringing it first and foremost to Cuisina, to this restaurant. So they're getting the best of, of us and, uh, and, and my team and, and me. 
And um, I'm just excited because I think this is really, for me, it's uh, my dream restaurant. It's a restaurant that I've wanted to open for so long. And uh, I think Disney is a perfect place to, to you know, to kick it off. And, um, you know, we're just very, very excited. We can't wait. Yeah, and I love the idea that you are taking not just recipes that you've developed over the years, but some of those time-honored recipes that were passed down to you by your family bringing them and sharing them with us as guests in Cuisina. That, I mean, that's very, very exciting for us. Right, exactly. And, 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 and you know, definitely, um, you know, I want locals, definitely want the locals, you know, people who, you know, haven't been, you know, haven't made a trip over to Disney in a while um, to come. And, you know, to again, it's on the boardwalk. I mean, they can park in the parking lot and walk right to the boardwalk and be at the restaurant. So I think that, um, you know, for me, it's really, really um, exciting to, to also get the locals, you know, very much get the locals there um, and enjoy a really new uh, and exciting experience. Absolutely. And you're taking over the location that was previously occupied by Spoodles, very much right. a fan favorite. You actually shot a video there. I remember your Southern Gravy mm-hmm. video, um, which, you know, I, I, I couldn't do, but boy, I was really, <laughs> I could almost <laughs> smell it through the, uh, through the video. How is the, if any, is the decor going to change from Spoodles to Cuisina? Um, well, drastically. I mean, we're changing everything. So, I mean, it's going to be a brand new restaurant. We're closing the doors, redecorating, renovating it, and you're, you're gonna, it's going to be open up to a brand new restaurant, which is going to be Cuisina. So, uh, you're not going to, you're not going to see really, although, you know, definitely, you know, and I've eaten at Spoodles really good good place to eat um but it's really going to be a completely different restaurant absolutely very again very much looking for and and very much a f- again a, a family atmosphere um again it, it's it has higher end food and it's great for couples and it's great for but again you want it to be a place that a family can come and there's something on the menu for everybody absolutely yeah we're going to have a kids menu we'll definitely have something for the kids but it's also going to be able to it's going to be great because it is going to be a restaurant that adults can feel like they're having an adult experience because they're going to be at the parks all day you know and so the riding the rides and and really you know it's it like you were saying in the opening again it's you know you really first think of it as the rides in the parks and everything and in you know we really want people to feel like Hey, we're going to go to the parks all day. We're going to, you know, we're going to have a great time with the kids. We're going to do that, but we're going to be able to come and have an adult meal and have a really great experience as well. Um, because, you know, we have, I have kids too, and, you know, you want a balance. And I think people are looking for that when they, when they come to Disney, and they're going to get it when they come to Disney. And, um, you know, there's something for everybody, like you were saying. There's something for the adults, there's something for the kids, and uh, it's just going to be a really great place. Right, and and that being said, if if you are an adult, and maybe is there a chance we might get a little uh, Greek ouzo uh, on the menu as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna have, I'm actually gonna have a real. We're gonna have ouzo. We're gonna have a specialty drink, which is gonna be my ouzatini, which is a uh, martini made with ouzo, and we're gonna definitely have various things on the menu that people are gonna be really surprised by. Absolutely, and the, like I said, the really exciting thing for I think me and listeners is that. We've seen you on TV, and I'm sure they, like me, have watched you on Iron Chef and watched you on the On Demand right. series. Always wish that you you could come into my home and cook for me, and now, <laughs> to a certain degree, you are. So, I mean, that's why I think this is this is so very exciting for us. Right, and you know, that's the thing is, and, and I'm definitely going to be making and being there, and and you know, be, spending some time there, and really, we're doing some grand opening parties. I'm going to be there for the International Food and Wine Festival again at Epcot and doing a lot of things around the restaurant. It's just going to be a really, really exciting fall. 
for us, and then obviously visiting the restaurant and spending time with the chefs and and the cooks there, and and really making sure that um, the quality stays consistent and that you know it just it remains it, it opens as a great restaurant and it remains a great restaurant. And so that's really my goal is to make sure that the quality is always there Excellent. for the customer. Right, true. And if you're going to put your name on it, it's great to see that you are Absolutely. going to right have such a vested interest and in be there um, to to be a part of it. Um, Again, Cuisina is opening in the fall of 2009. I guess we're, we're waiting still for an official opening date uh, for guests uh, over on Disney's Boardwalk, in the former location of Cuisina. Obviously, to find out more about Cat Cora, you can watch Iron Chef America. You have a third book coming out, uh, Classics with a third Twist. Third book coming out, um, Classics with a Twist, which is going to be out in the spring, probably around Mother's Day. Um, people can go to catcoracooks.com, our website, and find out where I'm going to be in the world. And... Uh, you know, um, just really look out for it. We're hoping September is going to be the, the opening, um, maybe even earlier. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted so you can keep your, your listeners posted. So we're very excited about it. The news will be out as soon as we get an official date, and uh, we'll put it out there for everybody to, to um, come on in. Absolutely. And I will put links up to Cat Cora Cooks as well as the Disney Parks video website where they can find out more as well as links to uh, your other books, Cat Cora's Kitchen and Cooking from the Hip, Fast, Easy, and Phenomenal Meals, as well as your third one, Classics with a Twist, coming out in the spring. Uh, Iron Chef Cat Cora, thank you so very, very much for taking out of the time uh, out of your very busy personal and professional schedule. We are very, very excited about Cuisina opening up uh, later on this fall. My pleasure, Lou, and, and thanks to all your listeners, and, and come on out and see us. We absolutely will. Okay, take care. With the recent developments at the Disney Vacation Club, with the introduction of Bay Lake Towers and the Tree Houses and Kidani Village, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new resorts, the DVC in general, and really how these changes are going to affect not only current owners and people maybe looking to buy or sell, but new people that are interested in the Disney Vacation Club. And I get lots of questions from listeners all about this. So, as always, I like to have on guests to come onto the show to help with those discussions, especially ones who are maybe former Walt Disney World cast members and uh, owners of DVCbyresale.com. So it's my pleasure to welcome back, after way too long, by the way, Chantel Crawford from DVC by Resale. Well, thank you, Lou. I'm so happy to see you, and what a great opportunity. And, um, yeah, we're very excited as well about all the uh, new openings and construction going on with the Disney Vacation Club. And thanks for having me back. I'm happy to be here. And this is great because we are at uh, we're out in front of actually one of the very popular DVC resorts, and really, and across from another, and one of my favorite places on property, especially right now, early morning, a little breakfast in front of the Boardwalk Bakery, a little coffee, a little uh, Mickey-shaped chocolate banana muffins. 
very, very high up on the uh, must-do list. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> great, great place to just sit and relax and talk with you. Um, yeah, I enjoyed my blueberry Mickey muffin almost as much as the chocolate Mickey muffin, and I think we've... <laughs> Our bellies are full, so if we aren't communicating very well to everybody out there, we'll apologize in advance. It could be the blood sugar levels going through the roof. True, and I'm loading up on, on sugar and caffeine, so we'll, and then we'll walk it off as we, right, we stroll right. the promenade. What, any good day at Disney's all about. Absolutely, but like I said, this is you know one of those simple pleasures, just sitting here and people watching. And uh, But anyway, we're, we're here to talk DVC. And uh, yes. first things first, I, I wanted to get your uh, professional opinion and your not-so-professional opinion, about the new DVC Resorts, um, because it's a very exciting year for Walt Disney World guests, especially people who are DVC members. And let's kind of take them one by one. Um, I had a chance to visit these as well um, a couple of months ago. And let's start over at Kidani Village, over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. What do you think about Kidani? Well, I actually um, think Kidani personally, and not professionally, and this one, because professionally I think all the Disney Vacation Club properties are wonderful. Uh, personally, I like it a little bit better than Jumbo because it's more well lit. And um, when we went to uh, Sanaa, the lady, the, the hostess, she... Um, said that one represented, and you probably know this better than me, Mr. Trivia, east versus west, or was it north versus south? Do you know the answer to that? It's east and west, and I think north <laughs> north and south. But by the way, just real quick aside, I like the fact about how we both brought food into the segment right off the bat. We're eating at the bakery, and he talked about Sanaa, so kudos to you. You're always welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know, I think the foodie term... I didn't know that there was such a thing as a foodie term, and then I think I think when they came up with it, I thought, "Oh, that's me! Now I know who I really am." Uh, nevertheless, yes, it's li- it's a little brighter, which I prefer. But um, and, and when you walk into the house, there the glass structures are just breathtaking, uh, beautiful. The the layout's great. Uh, everybody was very excited when they started when they announced it. Uh, since then, I've had nothing but positive reviews about it. So it, it is. It is obviously there's so much going on with DBC right now. We're we're getting a lot of reviews about everything, but so far, Kadani is is just uh, overwhelmingly uh, positive. Yeah, and the rooms are, are wonderfully themed, uh, much much like Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, maybe even more so. There was a lot of neat little Lion King details in there. Obviously, you can get a view of the savannah. But what I really liked about Kadani was when you entered the main house. And I just felt that it was much smaller, much more intimate. Um, And I sort of got that sense that if I were a DVC member, this is really what it would feel like when they say welcome home because it is so much smaller. It is so much, uh, not that it's exclusive, but you do feel like this is is my home. This is where, uh, you know, this is where I want to be. And, And just a, a beautifully done lobby again on a much smaller scale agreed and i think that's one of the draws is the fact that we do have our own area we have our own savannah so we do feel special i mean everybody feels special at disney but disney vacation club members because they kind of did it that way um you definitely have a welcome home this is mine there's an ownership feel to it that i don't think necessarily you would experience over at jumbo the next resort um and one that when it was announced and when it was being rumored and announced, I was very, very excited about personally because I remembered 
staying there as a kid. And as much as so many of the Disney properties, especially something like Animal Kingdom Lodge and Kidani Village, really give you a sense of being transported away from Florida, I think you really get that sense over at the Treehouse Villas. And again, remember staying there as a kid, you feel so immersed in this very dense um, wooded area, you would never get the sense that you are in the middle of Florida, much like you get at Wilderness Lodge, that came same kind of feeling. And then seeing the updated villas, blending that nostalgia with modern amenities and still having that same feel, um, very excited to hopefully get a chance to stay there. It, I agree. And you've got a jump start on me as far as having already seen those. I haven't had the opportunity to see those anywhere other than online and pictures in your site, for example. But um, I will tell you this, that originally, when I was a cast member, I worked at the front desk at Fort Wilderness. And one of the things that we did was we would drive the golf carts around in the morning and drive, drop off the express checkouts. And those tree houses are so well received, and that area is just so... It, it, it's, it's, just, it's just been... Um, I want to say the, the icing on the cake at Saratoga. People are just thrilled about it. And um, it's just, like you say, you're, you're in a different world altogether. And uh, I think it has definitely added to the value of Saratoga, if you will, because it's just another dimension. And especially traveling with, if you have a larger family or if you're going with an extended family, you can fit so many people into there. You still have your space with the separate bedrooms. But again, you can all sort of be in this, you know, one little miniature house and there's a pool there again very small very intimate which i like um, because you're not sharing it for example with the rest of saratoga springs i think there's just so many advantages uh, from a guest perspective from a dvc member perspective of something like like the villa the tree houses sure and one of the things that you just reminded me of is a dvc member the units themselves sleep eight people However, Disney only requires the amount of points you would for a two-bedroom versus a three-bedroom, which is what that is. So as a Disney Vacation Club member, if you weren't aware of that, that's something you might want to look into. Uh, Again, same cost as a two-bedroom, but you've got three bedrooms, and there's plenty of space. And so far, everybody that I've talked to that's been over there has really enjoyed them. Yeah, they they are spectacular. Disney really did uh, a nice job, and I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, taking my family and doing doing a little bit of research for the benefit of the listeners in the show, of course. course. So, the day that I went to preview the three properties, the treehouse is what I was most excited about, and I said, "This is it. This is the pinnacle of you know ultimate resort." And then they brought me over to Bay Lake Towers, (laughs) and they brought me upstairs to the. to a room on the 15th floor, I believe, a two-story villa, and I was blown away. And I said it when I did the video that for me to be speechless, a lot has got to be going on. It's very unusual. (laughs) And as much as the rooms are beautiful and the modern stylings, that view out of the windows of the Magic Kingdom are just breathtaking. Absolutely. We, uh, I was able to do the sneak peek yesterday, and again, you walk into that grand villa, you're blown away. Uh, the size, number one, uh, is, is huge, welcoming. I personally love contemporary styling, so that's right up my alley. Um, 
the parasailing video that we did for the blog recently was my first opportunity to see the Bay Lake Towers from the aerial view and it was just beautiful. The pool, uh, exciting. It's a glass slide at night. I haven't been able to see it, but all the cast members were talking about how it's the Mickey Mouse is lit. So you can see that. Um, the day, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. The walkway between the contemporary and the Bay Lake. You could just literally go out there and stand. If I were staying there, I could see myself taking my coffee, walking out there and watching. And then, of course, you've got the top of the world, which um, we actually got to preview yesterday as well. And it, I'm making the jealous face on this side. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. The funny thing is, when I was a kid, and now I'm going to date myself, I actually saw Barbara Eden at the original top wow. of the world. And I remember it distinctly because she had us tap our glasses. And when I clicked my glass, the top half of the glass broke and jumped off. And I thought they were going to throw me out, uh, you know, as a little girl. And luckily they didn't. But that was so nostalgic for me yesterday to walk up there and think, wow, they've recreated something. Unfortunately, it's not big enough to have Barbara Eden there. It's very small, very petite. If you, and, and it's restricted, and so this can be a good thing or a not so good thing. If you are a Disney Vacation Club member and you're staying at the Bay Lake Towers, that area is yours exclusively. So you can go up there, watch the fireworks, and enjoy. If you're not a you're not staying there, then it's probably not going to be a good idea. California Grill is a great option. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you still think Barbara Eden's a big draw? Do you think you think she couldn't pack in the? Uh... Hey, uh, dancing, I love the dancing idea with the stars, dancing I, with the stars. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. She's still I dream of genie for me. Yeah. So well, but you would dream of genie in her ballroom gown if she were dancing around, wouldn't you? You, you know, you're taking me back to my childhood when I dreamed of Barbara in a ballroom. Gap. But anyway, I was so far off topic from from uh, from Bay Lake Towers. Yeah, sorry. But I'm happy you mentioned Top of the World because I love that nod to the old Top of the World that used to be on top of the original Contemporary World, and that's what Bay Lake Tower I think does is it is it merges sort of the the classic Contemporary, pardon the pun, with the modern Contemporary, and still sort of carries over that same feel of the original A-frame contemporary, but again, much more modern. But still, you know, even though it's it's contemporary styling, I still got a sense that it's still very warm, it's still very cozy and comfortable inside the rooms. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And you know what? You just reminded me that when they... Is this another Barbara Eden reference? No. This is a, this is a Lou Mangello <laughs> podcast reference. When I came on your shows, one of the very first times, you asked me, is there going to be a contemporary? Right. And at that time... Someone who was a cast member had told me that no, it was not. Well, lo and behold, I had false information. Obviously, I don't trust that person anymore. I come to you now. <laughs> I remember that discussion because there was a lot of debate back and yeah. forth. What, or the, what were they building? Was it going to be DVC? Was it, was it not DVC? Uh, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because the resort is, is simply... And I think a lot of people are concerned initially with, with the C-shaped building, How does it, but I think it just works so well right there. And again, if you're fortunate enough to get one of those Magic Kingdom views or even the Bay Lake views, just spectacular. Agreed. And I uh, asked specifically about that yesterday. They said 20% of the rooms will have the Magic Kingdom view. So it's limited, but I, I think you know the exclusivity of it will uh, keep people coming back. And it's, it, it, again, you mentioned going to the top of the world, going to the walkway, all of those 
uh, views are going to be great. But even if you're simply looking over the pool at Bay Lake, that is breathtaking in and of its own. And they have a gorgeous fountain in the back that I took a picture of. Uh, so it's it's. You know, I just don't think anybody's going to be disappointed no matter what route they're in or what view they've got. But uh, heading up and being able to, to watch the fireworks and, and, and wishes will be piped in through the rooms on the television. So I'm excited to experience that. And just as we were talking about location, 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 when we talk about the boardwalk and the beach club, even more so there because you are on the only DVC property on the monorail. And especially if you have young kids or a Magic Kingdom fan, much like myself. Um, being on the monorail is just, I mean, it's priceless. Sure, and walking distance from the Magic Kingdom, even if you're, you know, near the front gate and you don't want to hop on the monorail because the lines are long, just walk right over and you're home. And you have access to all the watercraft and everything else as well, and uh, of course all the great dining that the Contemporary has to offer too. Yes, so, yes. can't see, can't not, uh, and, I'm, and I'm waiting for another good old seven, if you mel- mentioned Charles Nelson Riley or something in the rest of this segment, I'd be really happy for the, <laughs> to, to, to partner with the Barbara Eden reference, but <laughs> Uh, I've gotten a lot of questions from listeners, and this is part of the reason why I wanted you here, because I think you're much better suited to answer. Uh, How does the introduction of these new resorts, how does it affect the idea of buying or selling, especially through resale? Uh, good question. Hopefully I'll be the expert for that one. <laughs> if I'm not, maybe I need to be fired. <laughs> I'll have to check with my boss. Nevertheless, the the introduction of the properties does nothing but I feel like create a wider net, if you will, for the current DVC members. We've already got great resorts to go to, and each time Disney builds another one, it creates another experience because to Disney's credit, um, one size does not fit all. And people all the time ask me, what's your favorite resort and why? What's the best resort and why? Well, it really depends on the time of year, where I am, what's going on. And, uh, for example, during the Food and Wine Festival, where we are right now is where I want to be, Boardwalk or Beach Club. I want to walk over and have the wine and not worry about driving home. (laughs) And when uh, it's winter, I want to go to Wilderness Lodge and sit in front of the fire and have hot cocoa. In the summer, I want to get away. I want to be at Old Key West, by the pool, relaxing, uh, out of the crowds, if you will. So, obviously, Bay Lake Towers, it's got a contemporary feel. That appeals to me in general. I I just love that sleek, modern, mixed with a retro look, and the ability to walk over to Magic Kingdom. So, you you nailed it. Location, location, location. You can hop on the monorail, go over and see the other resorts, Polynesian Grand Floridian. It's, It's very convenient. So I think as they build more, it just appeals to a wider audience and something that maybe you didn't originally plan on experiencing with your family, for example, Hawaii. Which is coming online in 2011. Oh, I'm so talking research trip when we're thinking about Hawaii. <laughs> we are all over that. <laughs> when that comes around, that's just one more place. So um, I, I think, in terms of the value of the properties, there's a lot of factors that influence those. Obviously, the older the older properties, you would think would their value would start to go down a little bit because they expire in 2042. But quite frankly, Beach Club is still the number one demanded property I get. Um, and, and again, I think that has a lot to do with location in the pool. Uh, obviously, the Bay Lake Tower is already getting requ- requests for that. But Disney, to their credit, because they have that right of first refusal, they maintain the integrity of all the properties. And this is, and I, and I saw this the other night, and I believe it was, I may misquote this, not Forbes, but one of the travel magazines 
said that, once again, Walt Disney World is the number one vacation destination in the world. So in terms of value, owning a piece of Walt Disney World, well, there you go. It kind of speaks for itself. And you made a great point, something I never thought about. I love the idea of choosing your resort based on the time of year. I never thought, little Polynesian action. I, I love that the retreat to Old Key West, you're right, Wilderness Lodge around Christmas time mm. is simply spectacular. Um, kudos to you, big thumbs up. I have to start I have to start now, again, researching when I'm gonna stay and, and where. Yeah, I think uh, fall, it, we don't really get that much color change here, right. but fall at the tree houses would be ideal. You know, that just, oh, time to relax, you're up in the trees, right. you see the change, maybe even spring. So, yeah, that's, like that. that's kind of the way I think. I like that. That's a great way. See, so for the husband or wife that's trying to sell their spouse on that, <laughs> there you go. There's another argument you can throw into the mix. Absolutely. Um, but another question I get quite often is that I'm thinking about buying through resale or I just bought through resale, you know, but I was going to buy at Boardwalk or I was going to buy it at Saratoga Springs. Can I still stay at Bay Lake Towers? Can I stay at Kidani Village or must I buy points directly into there? Absolutely. That is probably one of the most frequently asked questions. Literally every, excuse me, every day I am asked that question. And obviously points are points are points. And maybe that's not so obvious to some people, but that's truly the, the way it works. Now, Disney's rules say that we have a home resort and at that home resort we can make our reservations 11 months in advance. And at all the other DVC resorts, we can make them seven months in advance. So I usually tell people to look at their own travel habits and know know thyself. And if you book far in advance and your family has a particular property that they are not going to be happy if they don't get into, then you really should buy that property regardless of the cost or the annual dues. Those things don't, you know, there's no price for peace of mind. On the other hand, uh, like myself, I'm a short-term planner. If I if you don't pick up the phone let greater than seven months in advance, then it, y- you will experience all the resorts. And yes, that you can stay at any of the Disney Vacation Club properties with your points. Even if you buy Vero Beach, you can stay at the Beach Club. You can stay at Bay Lake Towers. You're going to be able to stay at Hawaii. So you can use your points anywhere there is availability and again the only limitation disney has is that you're going to only be able to book those specific resorts that aren't your home seven months out and i think the way you said initially is is the way to think about it is points or points or points the only difference is the number of points that you'd need to use Uh, so it, it begs the question then why would i buy through resale as opposed to just going you know right to one of the kiosks right to the source and buying from disney Great question. Honestly, most people don't realize there's a secondary market. And once you realize there's a secondary market, to buy from Disney is just spending more money than you need to. Um, Let me first preface all this by saying that a safety factor is probably the biggest concern for a lot of people out there. They're like, oh, wait, this is an Internet company. Um, How do I know? How do I know they're, you know, I'm in New Jersey and they're in Orlando. Well, are they real? Um, well, you have to be a, a broker to resell this. This is real estate. So um, if you are deciding to go the resale route, you can check us out at the Department of Business and Professional Regulation. You can verify our licenses. We encourage you to do that. We have references. This is a very safe transaction. The funds themselves are actually held in escrow, not through us, but with a title company who's bonded. 
So it could not be more safe, to be quite frankly frank about it. And then we're on a first-name basis with Disney. Disney knows they don't offer this service, and yet their members need help, especially in the economy right now. There's a lot of people who need to sell these, and Disney doesn't provide that service, so that's what we do. And they send people to us for that reason. So all those things being said... Once you realize that there is a secondary market, to buy from Disney would only be for two reasons, in my opinion. Number one, you are in a hurry. Resales take about six weeks to close and then about a week to ten days to get you into the system. So if you need a reservation within two months, you're really just going to have to bite the bullet and pay a full price from Disney. On the other hand, um, if you want... um, Bay Lake Towers, for example. Right now, we are getting those few and far between. It takes a longer time for those to to come available on the resale market. So while we will get them, if you're in a hurry, then you really need to just go ahead and buy from Disney. So again, the only reasons to buy from Disney once you realize the resale market's out there is, number one, you're in a hurry. Number two, we just don't have what you need, and and you do need to go ahead and get started so you can make your reservations. So all that being said, the reasons to buy resale, on the other hand, for a lot of people, they don't want Animal Kingdom or Bay Lake Towers, and and, and and they have their own reasons for that. Some people, you know, we talked earlier about the Beach Club being high demand. Boardwalk is equally high demand. The Wilderness Lodge is one of the smaller properties. To get into Wilderness Lodge can be challenging, and if that is your family's favorite resort, you probably are going to want to consider to purchase there. Well, you can't get that from Disney as a first-time buyer. So that really can influence, and and you're somewhat, I hate to use the word forced to buy resale, but Disney's not going to give you that option. So if you know you're not going to be happy with one of the properties they're currently offering, then then obviously the resale option is there. Even for the tree houses, Saratoga Springs Points are Saratoga Springs Points. So you can buy resale, which right now, I actually had one pass right of first refusal, and I hesitate to say this number out loud. Um, in in the in the high 60s per point versus directly from Disney, it's close to 100 per point. Significant savings can be had, and you're actually helping someone. I think that's the biggest key. A lot of people they they approach it from um, uh, again a safety standpoint and. Disney definitely has the security because you know who you're buying from and who you're dealing with. And we want to get people as equally comfortable with us, but more so to know that you're getting the exact same product. There's absolutely no difference whatsoever in what you're getting. Disney treats you the same. In fact, once you're in the Disney system, the cast members don't know where you bought, when you bought. They're just happy to help you and, and you know, full service, no differences um, so there's a lot of advantages that resale offer, and then the other the other consideration for a lot of people is the annual dues. If you're approaching it from a financial standpoint, you can save money. For example, right now Bay Lake Towers is the lowest dues. Well, it's a brand new resort. In the next couple of years, I would venture to say those are probably going to go up. And Saratoga Springs is is the lowest outside of that, and it's a large property, so chances of it staying low are pretty good. So financially speaking, I feel like the best buy in resorts right now is the Saratoga because you can buy it about the same price as Old Key West, but you've got 12 more years on the lease. I think, like you said, buying some of the properties that are currently sold out directly through Disney, if that's where you want to be, that's your place to go, is an advantage. And I I think you you hit on something that... um, is a concern for people is that there is that fear about buying through resale. Uh, not that 
you know, they're they're fearful of Chantel Crawford because how could you possibly? Um, <laughs> Southern charm, I love. But how can don't you, ask my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> until you have your coffee, there's a little bit, there's a little time for fear. Absolutely. But, but I think there is that concern about the transaction itself, and even more so long term. Well, you know, am I going to be treated like a second class citizen? Am I going to call, and make my reservation, and be like, oh? She bought her points through resale. Like, they're going to look at you funny or that you can't get all the benefits that a quote-unquote regular DVC member can. Sure. And, and you, you answered the question. You, you're treated exactly like everyone else. There is no stigma. There is no... There's no little asterisk next to your name. Oh, she's a reseller. Exactly. And the other probably funny, funny question that I get asked regularly as well, well, I just got home from the tour. If I buy resale, aren't they going to know and they're not going to let me, they're going to buy it out from under me or they're going to, they're not going to, they're going to put me on a be mean to her list? No, they're not. I promise you. I promise, I promise, I promise. Um, so yeah, there really isn't any fear um, outside of just making sure that the real estate transaction is actually in is processed properly and that's where the title company comes in they're there to protect everybody in the transaction buyer seller broker so you know it really could not be more safe in terms of buying through us Um, there are some unscrupulous places out there you want to be careful about but I, I always tell people in those instances check your gut make sure you feel comfortable and if you don't then wait because the resale market's not going anywhere Disney continues to build they're always going to be available uh, the 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 question mark is will the prices go up or down based on when you want to buy and what your need is. But outside of that, honestly, it's it's it is by it is as if bought directly from Disney. And I think you made another good point that whether you if you're thinking about it, whether you go to you or you need to caveat emptor buyer beware. Do your due diligence. Do your research. Um, obviously, they can go to your website, find out more about you. They can talk to the Better Business Bureau. But the thing that I like too is that if they call. DVC by resale, and they want to talk to you, they want to talk to the owner of the company, they can. So you directly will be able to answer any of the questions that maybe the website doesn't have. Absolutely. We do have other salespeople, and they should always do an an equally well job, equally... Is that proper English, Lou? Help me with that. Um, (laughs) They should always do answer all your questions and thoroughly be able to help you. But if there's ever any doubt or any reason I want you to ask for me, I'm always going to be available. That's part of um, the integrity of when I set up the company to begin with. And I I am always going to be able to, to help when those questions need to be answered. Obviously, I'm a Disney Vacation Club member myself. And um, and I'm and I'm in and around the Disney area, hanging out with my my friends like you, and so I'm always happy to help. And if I don't know the answer, and this is actually something I learned as a Disney cast member, if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you I don't know the answer, but I'll do my best to find out for you. Well, that's a perfect segue because Chantel Crawford, I have three questions for you. I have three listener questions that I'm going to blindside you with, and we're going. This is the test. This is your test to see. Oh no! So um, <laughs> this is not. There. All right. I was not warned about this ahead of time. Well, listen, this is this is uh, this is how we this roll here. This is, that's right. <laughs> so, um, Ken Garnhart sent an email saying, "Lou, I wanted to hear a segment about DVC point changes for 2010." Um, he says he's heard that they've been changed and that the same trip you take in 2009 might be more in 2010. Um, will it devalue current members' points? Um, and again, that's from Ken Carnhart. So can you talk a little bit about the point changes kind of from year to year? Sure, I can. And Ken, thanks for the question. Um, it, there was a big ruckus 
for lack of a better word. A ruckus. A ruckus. There was a ruckus when the points charts came out for 2010 because so many of the members bought with the intentions of traveling only Sunday through Thursday. They're very um, point thrifty and... When they changed the points, what happened was Disney redistributed them. And probably let me back up and explain something very quickly about how the points can change because that's another frequently asked questions. When Disney builds the properties, for example, and I'm going to use a hypothetical number, they allocate the points when they build that. And those are set in stone. So let's say, for example, they build a property and they allocate 1,000 points. They then go in and create those points charts. They cannot go over the 1,000 points, and they create a studio, might be 8 points, a one-bedroom, 10 points, a two-bedroom, 12 points. That's low season. High season, those numbers are going to go up a little bit. So they distribute those throughout the points chart, and they say, okay, there we go, and they're published. Well, Disney looks at their demand, and they reserve the right to change those charts based on demand. So what apparently was happening is the demand was such that they felt like they need to redistribute those 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 thousand points remain the same but instead of a friday night maybe costing you 25 points it dropped to maybe 23 and they added on to maybe a monday night monday through thursday which was nine before they added points onto that so now it's maybe 12 or 13 or 14. so the value of the point didn't change, but what it did, unfortunately, rock the boat for a lot of people is they, if they're only traveling Sunday through Thursday and they knew that it was going to cost them 50 points, suddenly that that's now 55 points, and, and, and they're a little, you know, a little bothered by that, but um, that that's Disney's right to do that, and, and I've only seen them do that one other time in the 12 years that I've been reselling. So it's not a common factor, but it will and can, it can and will happen, obviously. Um, but in terms of the value, no, no, no value change whatsoever. It's still good. Good question, Ken. I'm glad you asked it. That actually is something that's come up quite often. Um, for some people, it worked to their advantage. For other people, it didn't. And, and if you're one of those unfortunate people, I, I'm sorry, but, um, but you know where to get more points if you need them. <laughs> nice, nice plug, nice plug. All right, so I think you're one for one, but uh, Christopher has a question. He says, Lou, does Walt Disney World or the DVC offer any special viewing areas for the nighttime parades or fireworks that you can request or make a reservation for without paying? If so, how do I make it? Um, he says, sometimes I see guests in Epcot specifically for, but there's no, DVC members have no sort of, other than unless maybe your balcony at the boardwalk faces Epcot. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Not to my knowledge. Um, that's that's a good question, Christopher. And I think we should all, all 350,000 Disney Vacation Club members should now contact your guide and tell them that you would like to have a special viewing area because that's a great idea. But not to my knowledge, Lou, you're, you, you're the trivia guy. Do you know of a special area for DVC? No, but I think we should have a DVC by resale party in Epcot. Yes. A dessert party in Epcot, as long as I'm invited. If not, it's a stupid idea. Every night. Every night. <laughs> Every night. There we go. <laughs> just take the Isola over to Italy and just book it for the rest of the year. Perfect. So, um, Last question. I think you're two for two. The second one was a bit of a softball. This one's a total softball. Oh, no. Because it's all opinion, so there is no wrong answer. Oh, yeah, I like that. So it says, Lou, I have a friend who's willing to sell me some points from his DVC plan. I want to come to Disney in November 2010. I have three kids, ages 10, 8, and 3. Which resort 
should I attend? I heard something that each resort costs different points. Second part of the question, is there a place to find that breakdown? Thanks. And that's from Garland Freeman. So we'll take the uh, we'll take the easy part first. So you got a 10-year-old, a 3-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and he wants to know which resort uh, you think he should stay at. That's a... That's two questions, Lou. That makes it four. I'm not really sure I can proceed with this. It's three and like a bonus question at the end. It's noisy around here, so, you know, there's too much distractions. I can't focus. I'm sorry. Uh, nevertheless, the um, the best resort for children, that is a loaded question because it's Disney World. So every resort is going to be great for the kids. Uh, you know, you have children, Lou. You help me with that. I don't have children, so while I... I do, but I never take them with me because I'm always <laughs> researching. Notice that I have no kids roaming around here. They're going to therapy the when they grow up because Dad hasn't hung out with them enough. Come on, Lou. Uh, <laughs> great. My parenting skills come in to get the question. Anyway, um, the, f- the first one that came to mind um, is one that's a personal favorite of mine, and, and I'll explain why I think it, it's good for kids, and I was going to say the beach club. Okay. Um, yes. Not only because you can walk to Epcot, you can walk to the studios, um, you've got Stormalong Bay, which to me is a water park in and of itself. Uh, you're coming in November, it's still going to be a little warm, you might want to take an afternoon and come back to the resort. I think there's arguably no better pool on property, especially from a DVC perspective. Uh, I think second to that, I might say if you could get in to Bay Lake Tower, because you're on the monorail route, and if your kids uh, want to spend a lot of time in the Magic Kingdom... Location, location, location. Okay, let me throw another one in there, though, which could be first or second, depending. If you're coming during Thanksgiving, Wilderness Lodge. Nice. Very cozy. Uh, The kids love it. I I, I have my guests talk to me all the time. Once you experience that during the holiday Mm -hmm. season, that's the only place you want to go. So they might enjoy that. It's a very cool pool also. Not as cool as Beach Club, but it's it's still, you've got the, the... Yosemite geyser. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> and you've got... I, I love being able to take... I actually prefer taking the watercraft over mm-hmm. from Wilderness Lodge. And I agree with you. I think the lobby there during the holidays is probably the best. Grand Floridian close with the gingerbread house, but so unique there at Wilderness Lodge. Yes, yes. It's, it's just... It's a, it's, a, it's a winter feel that I think matches the holidays perfectly. But to answer your question further, Garland, I don't think you'll be disappointed with any of the Disney Vacation Club resorts. If your kids were a little bit older, I might recommend uh, Saratoga because of its proximity to downtown Disney. But since they're so young, uh, maybe save that one for for later on. And um, to further your question about the points charts. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. I just thought you can't not say... Kidani because you've got the savannah, you've got the animals, the kids, the three-year-old, eight-year-old kids dig animals. Good so point, get, good point. So uh, yeah, they, so we pretty much mentioned uh, yeah all the re- and Boardwalk has the great pool too right, with the scary clown. Right. But so yeah, we've mentioned now all the resorts. So there is no yeah, wrong don't answer. Don't forget Old Key West because you've got the larger units and you can drive up and park there, which is easy if your wife is exhausted and she wants you to carry the kids up and down the stairs or wherever you. And need you've to got go. the river and the marina there too. Yeah. So, so we haven't really been much help for Garland. No, pretty much not. Okay. Garland, good luck. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second part of the question. I'm, I'm setting you up. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a strike right down the middle. Charlotte, Chantel, tell me, is there a place that maybe he could go to find these these point charts? 
coincidentally, we have just <laughs> updated our points charts. And let me just say, we did not plan this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're not related to Garland anyway, are you? <laughs> I said, send this question in. No, thanks to tagrail.com. He has a great point chart that he created on his own. He was kind enough to lend that to us permanently. You can now go to our site, click on the DVC point charts link, and there's a drop-down menu. You can look at not only the 2009, but also the 2010. And it also includes not just the DVC resorts, but you've also got the Disney hotels and some of the, the collection in there. So that is just really exciting for us. And in the future, we're hoping by the end of the year, we will have a DVC points calculator. Even more exciting, you can, you can go in, put the time of year you want to go, the unit that you want to stay in, and it will bring up all the resorts you want to look at and tell you exactly how many points that's going to cost you. And I'm, I'm, I just can't wait. That's that's kind of like the creme de la creme of point charts excitement. <laughs> that's about as exciting as as DVC gets right there is the point calculator. So no, that that is exciting, and um, I, I appreciate you coming on and helping to address some of these questions again. You actually have on your site a list of other frequently asked questions. People should definitely go to DVC by Resale to find out more. You also have on the on your site um, some properties that are available for sale as well. And of course, like we said, if you have any questions, people can call and speak to you or one of your agents directly. Um, and again, the website is DVC by resale.com. I want to thank you, Chantel Crawford, you, Barbara Eden, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. And it, you know what? It's almost time for lunch, which is even better. Even better. <laughs> Speaking of lunch, um, I also just want to add real quickly that if anybody does have any questions, feel free to call me. I do spend a lot of time on the phone. If you ever re- try to reach me and you go to my voicemail, leave me a message. I will get back with you, I promise. Um, because, again, a lot of times I'm on the phone all day or I'm really out hanging out with Lou. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, but just as today we're here at the bakery, one of the things that I think a lot of people may enjoy, I just want to quickly mention, it's unrelated to the DVC sales, and that is our new blog called Restaurants, Recess, and Relaxation. And you'll be our special guest on a couple of segments, so please come see Lou live and in person. And um, and I'm eating. You caught me. Uh, of course, the first one we do, I'm, you have me eating. I'm getting a bad, bad reputation and a bad figure as well. well. Maybe we'll do something different today just so you don't have to be known as the guy who always is always eating. But um, but hopefully that that is just a way for me to share some of the experiences like yourself. I've I've been around, in and around Disney for about twenty years now, and I've I've experienced a lot. People are always asking me, "What's your favorite?" Dot dot dot. And this is a way for me to share some of those things. And uh, and as a Disney Vacation Club member, you have the ability to slow down, take a deep breath, and sit and have coffee at the bakery if you choose to do so that you may not have done before when you were doing the Commando Park thing. And uh, the blog is going to hopefully give you some neat places to check out on your next trip down. So thank you so much for having me. It really has been fun, as always. And uh, just look forward to hearing from the listeners. Please, if you... Uh, do give me a call and, and you heard from heard about me or DVC by Resale from Lou. Please mention it so I can call him up and give him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much as always. My pleasure. Thank you, Lou. That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks. Go out to Chef Kat Cora for joining me this week. You can find her website and blog over at katcoracooks.com. 
I'll also link in the show notes to the Disney website where you can see her Disney Travel On Demand video series. You can also check out an article about her and the upcoming Cuisina restaurant in issue five of Celebrations Magazine. Cuisina is set to tentatively open for soft openings sometime in mid-August. We're looking for an official opening date, probably sometime in mid-September. I'll keep you informed on the show about exactly when that is going to be. And also on a personal note, congratulations to Chef Cora and her family on the birth of her new child. Thanks also to Chantel Crawford from DVCbyResale.com. Go and visit their website for point charts, availability, frequently asked questions, Chantel's blog, and so much more. Just a couple of very quick reminders. Don't forget that the next WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, August 29th. We're going to try a day at a Walt Disney World water park as we're going to meet up over in Typhoon Lagoon. Stay tuned to the site and Twitter and Facebook for details as far as time and locations of of where we're going to meet, as well as a backup plan just in case of bad weather. Also on the site, you'll find dates for September, which is going to be Saturday, September 26th, and October, which will likely be Saturday the 24th or Sunday the 25th. Again, best places to find out all the details is on the WDW Radio Show fan page on Facebook or in the forums at WDWRadio.com. Don't forget that if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the show, you can email me at Lou at WDWRadio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. Don't forget to also come by. Follow me on Twitter. It's Twitter.com slash Lou Best place to get instant updates. I play games, post photos, and more from the parks. Again, links to that right on the homepage of WDWRadio.com. Also, stay tuned for the next WDW Radio live show. It'll be a live, interactive video and audio broadcast with chat. Again, Twitter, Facebook, best places to find out exactly when that is going to be. To subscribe or order back issues of Celebrations Magazine, you can head on over to CelebrationsPress.com. If you are a subscriber, look for issue six coming very, very soon. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. You can go and get a free, no-obligation quote over at mousefantravel.com. Or if you're interested in maybe a vacation home in or around Walt Disney World, you can go and visit All Star Vacation Homes. They have more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World, including two-bedroom condos, up to seven-bedroom homes, Again, that's allstarvacationhomes.com. And once again, thanks to Chantel Crawford over at dvcbyresale.com. Also, don't forget to come by if you're interested in joining us on the Disney Dream Cruise. In 2011, we are looking to take a ride aboard the all-new Disney Dream ship on the Disney Cruise Line in 2011. Looking to gauge interest as far as sailing date, what type of cabin you might prefer. Again, you'll find links to that right in the show notes. And as always, my friends... If you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show in iTunes and come say hi on Facebook and join the WDW Radio Show fan page. Again, lots of exciting things coming up in the next few weeks. I've got some special guests, new segments, and more. Stay tuned. And if you're a new listener, please go back, check out the podcast archives. I think you might find some segments and some topics and some interviews you might enjoy there as well. Oh, don't forget, 
Fantasyland, the third in my audio guide to Walt Disney World series, is now available both as a download and on CD. You can visit the website at wdwradio.com, click on the shop link, order the, both directly from there. And as always, everybody, thank you so very, very much for taking the time and tuning in. I really, really do appreciate it. So until next time, remember to always keep moving forward and have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Haley. I'm just a big fan. And bye. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Moomondelio. Happy birthday to you. This is from Emily and White Collins from Lenore State, Tennessee. Happy birthday, Lou. Hey, it's Josh from Allen Calling. I'm a huge fan of the show, and um, and I love the Disney Wayback Machine. Oh, I think that's so cool. I love learning about Disney history. So keep using that. I just love that. Just want to say how much of a huge fan I am of the show. And see ya. Hello, Lou. This is Mike Damari, uh, Diz Fanatic on the uh, posts from uh, Edison, New Jersey. And once again, want to thank you for a great show. Uh, listen to number 130 um, Monday mornings, as usual, on the way to work, and uh, always uh, brightens up what, uh, what, you know, is usually not such a nice thing going into work, uh, starting off the week, but um, your show does brighten up the week. But anyway, it was a fantastic show. Thanks for taking us all down uh, memory lane with the world of motion, and I have to say one of my favorite scenes, um, it probably was my favorite scene, being a railroad buff myself, was uh, the uh, the scene with the uh, steam engine uh, going head to head with the uh, with the uh, the cattle up on the uh, the, the tracks, but um, anyway, thanks again, and I also wanted to let you know that I just finished reading um, the Walt Disney World Trivia Volume 1, and I'm about to start Volume 2 tomorrow morning, and was great. It uh, also showed me that um, as much as I thought I knew about uh, Disney World, um, there's just an infinite amount of things that I don't know. So it was really great to, uh, to see all these things. And um, a note to all the listeners out there, if you do not have the Walt Disney World trivia books, it's an absolute must. Um, I, I mean, I, I had said it once before. I don't know why I waited so long to uh, to pick the books up, but uh, I'm so glad that I did. And uh, Lou, a note to you: um, please start working on Volume Three if you haven't yet, because I'm probably going to burn through Volume Two as quick as I did Volume One. So I'll be looking for that Volume Three. So uh, hint, hint. Uh, well, maybe not a hint. I'm just flat out telling you. But uh, thanks again. Thanks for the books. Uh, thanks for the great podcasts and. Uh, Looking forward to uh, my family's uh, big trip down to Disney World um, in just about a week. So we're getting excited, uh, trying to wrap things up here at home, and uh, we're gonna, it's going to be a uh, two-week trip. So it's a nice long one, so we'll really be able to soak in um, almost everything that Disney has to offer. So anyway, take care, Lou. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. This is Cassie hanging out in the Magic Kingdom today. I love your show. I just wanted to call and let you know that um, two things. We just came from the big pin event, which I haven't heard you talk about. I know you don't talk about pins too terribly often, but it is a big part of the whole Walt Disney World, you know, thing that we all do out here. And 
that was a lot of fun. We had a good time, a lot of good friends, a lot of good pin trading. And I also wanted to let you know that uh, in Magic Kingdom, apparently, they're now doing a new fireworks dessert party at the Tomorrowland Terrace Noodle Station in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, Guess ages 10 and over at $17.99. Guess ages 3 to 9, $9.99. And you get to sit, eat dessert, and watch Wishes. Uh, I hadn't heard about this on the website or on the show yet. Uh, Just managed to be in the park, pick up a little flyer about it and see it. And thought everybody would be interested. Keep doing what you're doing and think. Hey, Lou, it's Paige. I'll be heading down to Disney World in a couple or actually one more week, and I'm really excited. I just wanted to wish you a really happy, happy, happy Disney birthday, and I hope you have a great one. See ya. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Evan Brock, or, uh, well, let's just say I like Pie 58 on um, WGW Radio Live. Um, I was just calling in because I just finished, uh, listening to your podcast about, um, Magic Mates, and then you guys answer some of the listener emails, but for my 13th birthday, I I thought I'd like to share this with you guys and everyone else that listens to the podcast, um, for my 13th birthday, my mom kept this a secret to me, she, uh, got me and her uh, tickets to go to Magic Meets, and she got these two months in, or a month in advance, I don't know when, because she didn't tell me, but, and she told me she was just trying to keep not telling me, and I would, like, go on our computer and see, like, the website for Magic Meets, and I looked at, looked at it, and I was like, oh, that seems cool, but, uh, too bad I can't go, and then when she gives it to me, she also gives me something else. It's a, uh, it's a cast member pin, uh, from the 25th anniversary of, uh, Disney World, and it doesn't have any, like, uh, like, place where they were living and stuff, and I was speechless. And I just could not say anything else, but, uh, yeah. Thought I'd share that with you. Hope to see you at Magic Meets. Hope you can sign some of the stuff I got. Um, that's all. But, uh, you know, love the show. Even though that's uh, what almost everyone says. But still, it's a great show. So keep doing it. And see ya. Hey, Lou. This is Adam from theseamazingplaces.com. Uh, we got back from our Disney World trip. Oh, it's been a several weeks now. I just haven't had time to call back in. But I wanted to... Uh, call in to let everybody know a couple things. I talked to three cast members while we were down there. Oh, and we also saw the space shuttle launch, which was pretty cool. Uh, we drove to Cape Canaveral to see it. Uh, we didn't stay in Disney to see it. But anyway, um, we spoke to one cast member in uh, Walt, One Man's Dream. He had heard rumors about them also taking out the hat, um, but of course that was just rumors. We also spoke to the cast member that was standing in front of and he basically said that he didn't think the track was going to get redone, um, like a new track or a new line or anything like that, but he that was just something that he had heard, so it was rumors. Um, and and the third um, cast member that we spoke to was actually a security guard, and this is in reference to the barge going off at, after illuminations at night. He basically, we wanted to go watch it, and we're like, hey, do you know if the barge is going off? And he said that, 
he works the night shift, and generally they don't release the barge. Um, it's He said it varies between two and three weeks, maybe even a month um, time span apart because Disney is so efficient with how much gas they actually put in the barge for illuminations. They calculate it down to the ounce, of course, and they use it all up. Well, over time it accumulates, and they need to actually blow off the extra uh, leftover fuel that's left in the barge. And so it usually takes them about two and a half, three weeks for that to happen. Uh, he said it was a month ago when he last heard it. But if you're in the parks and you want to stick around here, the barge at the end, he said you can just ask the security guard because they usually announce it at least an hour before they're going to blow the barge just to let the security know. So if you see a security guard with an earpiece, I'm sure they'll be more than willing to let you know uh, if you want to stick around and see it. So thanks a lot for the show. Of all the Disney podcasts I've listened to, yours is awesome. Uh, the main reason is because, well, you have so much information and you interview some awesome people, but also you're so positive about it, and I think that's such a great thing when you're thinking about Disney because Disney's so positive. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are pretty negative about Disney, and it's not fun to listen to because, after all, Disney is the happiest place on Earth. So, anyway, thanks for the show. Love listening. I'll keep listening as long as possible. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Mike Scabetta. Just finished listening to uh, this week's show, and you do the uh, Wayback Machine talking about world of motion. And it struck me, just as you guys were talking about the progression of man traveling the earth, you had the caveman with the feet, the waterways, the animals, the wheel, the hot air balloon, the steam train. And I said to myself, holy crow, that's exactly what happens in illuminations. Now, you know I see illuminations three times a week for the last seven years, so I know it pretty well. But if you just remember in the point where the globe just enters the center of the lake, and after the animals are on the earth, where we see the white horse running across, and suddenly the white horse becomes a cave painting. And as the music builds up, we're inside the cave and we turn to the left and we go outside the cave entrance and what do we see? We see man walking. And then the next image, the next few images are is man walking on the earth. And then his means of transportation keeps getting a little more modern. And then we're on with animals. We're on horseback. We're on camelback. We're uh, on a plow, on a horse-drawn uh, plow. And then next thing you know, we see a hot air balloon. And after the hot air balloon, we have boats. We have canoes. We have um, uh, sailing ships. Uh, big sailor ships, and then uh, it ends with a jet. And I said to myself, that's exactly what was going on in World of Motion. So here they picked it up and put it back right into Illumination's Reflections of Earth. So just wanted to uh, let everybody know that. Have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's Josh uh, and all the other listeners. Um, I was calling in because, well, as you know, last week I... Um, was talking about my Michael Eisner autograph and other autographs that I got through the mail. So today, in my newest lines of success, uh, I received two index cards signed by the one and only Annette Funicello. Kind of a fun name. Okay, anyway, so what I was going to say is, um, everyone, uh, I was thinking of, since I want to become an Imagineer uh, later in life, um, I'd like to have a few changes come to the park. Now, I these are things that I'd like to do. This doesn't mean that 
any of it will become possible because some of them are just, well, all right. Anyway, uh, each week I will give you two changes that I want to do. Um, first one, uh, the American Adventure. I'd like to go through a major refurbishment. I'd like to add maybe another scene of some sort. And I want it to say, like, um, how Sunday nights were revolutionized when the TV was invented. And then I want to have some of the shows on some audio animatronics figures made of some of TV's best entertainers. Um, First, I'd like to bring in, I want to have, like, a little show scene with um, Jim Henson and Kermit, like, singing or something, uh, obviously the Muppets. And then another thing that I want to do is I want to have... um, uh, I want to have Walt Disney on there, and I want him in audio animatronics, Walt Disney. And I want him, I want it to be set on Main Street USA in 1955, and you know where this is. I want him to have, for all who come to this happy place, I want him to give the dedication of Disneyland. And uh, I think I think that would just be great to have a Jim Henson and uh, obviously the man himself, Walter, Walt Disney. Uh, another change that I want to do um I'd like to maybe have some type of um, attraction at the United Kingdom Pavilion. Um, Because I know for, obviously, not for us because just all the detail gone into World Showcase. But um, maybe to little kids. I realize that I saw some little kids um, maybe five years old. For them, it can kind of get a little boring going around that long stretch with no attractions. Because once you're past... Um, Norway and Mexico. There's really nothing besides the American Adventure. Otherwise, there's just Circle Vision films and everything. But I realize the United Kingdom has nothing. So I'd like to have maybe some type of half indoor, half outdoor 101 Dalmatians attraction um, where you're in a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride style car. And uh, it will have it will just be like a Fantasyland dark ride, except it won't be exactly like that. So those are a few of the changes I'd like to add to World Showcase. Um, you guys, I want your feedback. Call in, give your honest opinion. Don't say, oh, that sounds terrific, just to make me feel good. Tell me if you like it. Tell me if you don't like it. I'll continue to do these. Next week, I will be calling from a special place. No, it's not Disney World. It's uh, it's uh, it's quite a ways from Michigan, actually. So uh, you guys will have to wait. See ya. Bye.